Bishop Barron has a phrase that he uses a lot that I love. He talks about spiritual physics. And the reason he talks about spiritual physics is because in the modern mind, physics is the realm of immutable laws. We are used to Newton's laws. A body in motion will stay in motion. Okay, that is going to happen every time. Well, spiritual physics is the idea that the spiritual life is also set up with laws. It's not just subjective hand-waving. It's set up to act in a certain way all the time. Our nature is universal. Our human nature is universal. And so it should make sense that our relationship with God and the way God works, because he is also unchanging, should be unchanging. That every human being relates to God, and there are certain ways in which those relationships will always play out. So there are spiritual laws. And the law I want to talk about today is what we might call the law of the gift. The way we would phrase that law is to say, you cannot be blessed by anything until you have already given it away. If you are possessive, if you're holding on to something tightly, if you can't let it go, if it has to be a certain way, well, in that case, you cannot be blessed by that thing. Only once you have given it away can you receive it back as a gift and a blessing. What do I mean? Well, this is not a tithing homily, but you'll remember when I preach about tithing, I talk about giving our money away is good for us. And one of the reasons that's true, the primary reason that's true, is because of the law of the gift. If I say, my whole job is to make sure I have enough money, and I'm going to control my money, and I'm going to be pinching all of my pennies, and I'm going to make sure I have what I want. Well, then we continue to have this, this heart that desires to acquire. I need more and more and more, and it's never enough. But once we have the habit of giving our money away, then when we receive it, when we have economic stability, we receive it not as the bare minimum, oh good, I've finally done what I set out to do, but we receive it as a gift, as a blessing, as something that's not from us, but that's from the Lord. The same might be said about our time. I have a bad habit, I'm sure many of you do as well, of, of something that I've heard described on the inter internet as revenge time, which is to say, if your whole day has been out of your control, so let's say I've worked a 12-hour day, thir 13, 14 hours, you know, 7.15 a.m. mass, and we're ending with a meeting in the evening, and we're not done until 9 p.m., Right? None of the time that day was my time. And so I'll get home at 9 and I'll say, you know what, I should just go to bed because I'm tired and waking up early the next morning is what's good for me. But then I'll also say, but I haven't had any time to myself today and so I'll just do stupid things on my phone. Well, it's because I haven't made a gift of my time yet. Because I still want to be in control of my time. And because of that, I cannot receive time as a blessing. Because I have to control it and make it in my image. But once I tell the Lord, my time is yours, use it as you will, and sometimes he calls me to a 14-hour day, sometimes he calls me to a 7-hour day. 
Sometimes he cancels an appointment in the middle of my day, which, as an introvert, I'm always thankful for. I love meeting with you, but also I love when you cancel meetings. So both are good. It's a win-win. But it's a sign that I haven't made a gift of my time yet. I haven't given it away. So that when he gives me that bonus time, I can receive it as a gift. And again, the dynamics here, the spiritual physics, is because we have to guard our hearts. If we are in control, we will fail. So insofar as something has to be the way we want it to be, insofar as it has to be according to our image, then when it is that way, we experience that as barely making it over the finish line. But if we give up control of something, then we receive it back in whatever form as a gift and a blessing. This is the only way we can understand our gospel today. This, this first part of the gospel, Jesus says, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Imagine our relationships with these different things, with parents, with children, with suffering, and with life. I would also say spouses have to be part of that too. We'll group them between parents and children. But imagine growing up and all of the struggles that we had with our parents, the ways in which they set rules and laws and limits, and we might have disagreed with them on this, that, or the other thing. Or maybe even after we moved out of the house, we sort of roll our eyes when mom says something or when dad insists on this thing or that thing. I'll still call my dad, and he'll still ask if I've gotten my oil changed. Like, yeah, I got my oil changed. We're okay. If we try to say our parents have to be in a certain image, they have to be in a certain way, we will not receive them as a gift. But if we give them away, if we say, Lord, I've given them to you, they're in your hands. Because sometimes our parents do need to improve, they need to do certain things better. I can't fix them. So I give them to God. And then I say, Lord, they are yours. They're your son. They're your daughter. You take care of them. And then every single thing that I have with my parents is now a gift. I can receive it as a gift. Because I don't have any expectations about what it has to look like. I only have the knowledge that God has given me these people as a gift. And I should receive them as a blessing. The same is absolutely true of children. Children are a gift when they're sleeping, but when they're awake, they're chaotic. And a lot of times I deal with parents, particularly of young children, who struggle with that, who struggle with the fact that I cannot get my children to listen to me. And they struggle in the confessional because they'll say, that their constant sins are just, you know, I yelled at my kids again and I don't want to do that. And the only advice I've come up with that works is, you just have to accept that they are who they are, that you can't control them. They're never going to be exactly what you want them to be. But if you give them to God and you say, Lord, I'm doing my best as a parent. I'm contributing what I can to this parental relationship. But ultimately, this child is in your hands. How they develop, how they grow, what they do, they are yours. Well, then we can receive the child back as a gift. And this is true when they're very young and chaotic. It's also true when they're teenagers. It's also true when they're grown. I share the heartbreak of this entire congregation about how many people have left the church, how many of your children are no longer worshiping God each Sunday. 
I share that heartbreak. And, and along with you, I am praying for them. And given the opportunity, I would invite them back. But, ultimately, we do have to give them to God. We have to give them away, this law of the gift, give them away to the Lord. So that what they do offer us, what they do give us, when we do have interactions with them, we can receive that as a gift. Maybe that child isn't exactly who we wanted them to grow up to be. But, if they're talking to us, if they come to family events, if we have any time with them or any conversation with them, it's a gift. It's a gift. And we might take this to the extreme with those that we love and say, even if they were to die, we'd give them into the hands of the Lord. There's little in this world more tragic than the death of a child, and I would want nobody in this congregation to go through that. But when we have this attitude of giving everything back to God, then even in that tragic circumstance, we can recognize that every day with that child was a gift. Everything I've said also applies to spouses, although they are slightly harder because you choose them. So sometimes you want to say, well, it's my fault things aren't working out. But again, but again, that's the problem. If we have this expectation, if we say it has to be this certain way, and it is my job to make it that way, we haven't given them to God. But if we give them to God, and we say, Lord, they are in your hands, and I am simply going to receive them back as a gift, well, then every day becomes a lot more of a blessing. It's no longer a burden, it's a blessing. And then finally, the Lord talks about suffering, and he talks about life. Can we give him our health? Can we give him our comfort? Can we say to the Lord, this is yours, and if today I wake up and I'm suffering, I'm going to give you thanks anyway. Unless you take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of me. We have to tell the Lord, Lord, whatever you want, I'm yours. And this is particularly true with our lives. Because whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. How much control do we feel like we need over our lives? Particularly, those of us who are still kind of in the first part of our lives, there's this idea of everything has to be perfect, I have to have this path and this plan, and I have these 10 and 15 and 20 year goals, and I have to achieve them, and if I don't, I'm a failure. No! Our life is the Lord's, and we give it to Him. And every twist and turn that He gives us, every new surprise and new adventure that He provides us, that's a gift. And sometimes they're expected and joyful, and we can rejoice in them in a moment. Sometimes we just have to get through them, and on the back end we can see how the Lord blessed us. But if our life belongs to God and not to us, then I can wake up every morning and say, Lord, I didn't deserve this day. This day was yours, not mine. I gave you my life. And the fact that you let me wake up today is a gift. The fact that you gave me this adventure today is a gift. This challenge today is a gift. Because it's all yours. And whatever you give me, I receive as from your hands. The question we have to ask ourselves is what are we holding on to too tightly? What have we decided, I need it to look exactly this way? What have we decided we need to control? Whatever that thing is, that's your homework. That's what you're doing now and until we figure it out. It could take a week, it could take a month, it could take many years. But whatever you're holding on to tightly, give it to God. Put it in His hands. Tell Him that He is in control. 
Because only once you give that thing away, once you give up that control, only then can you receive it back as a gift.